0: saw one of my oldest friends, uh, one of my best friends, Brother Zach Buckley, and uh, saw him. For about seven years or so, Zach and I lost touch, uh, didn't have contact with one another. And then this, this great friend of mine, this good friend of mine, we, we reconnected. He was going through a crisis uh, in his life. Uh, he'd just been married for a very short time, uh, really not more than a month, and found out his wife was not being faithful uh, which is heartbreaking, and I just I, I can't imagine that just being married that short of a time, and then finding this out, and so he went through a went through a rough spell, and uh, uh, got his phone number and reconnected, and Zach and I have stayed in touch uh, ever since. We try to get together once or twice a year, and uh, it's always a great time. You just kind of pick back up with those childhood friends where you left off, and I don't know if you've ever lost a close friend in your life, or you've uh, lost touch with a relative that you were once really close to I think most of us being adults in this room I think most of us know what that's like they've had a close relationship with somebody and then just for one reason or another you've you've lost touch with that person there's a famous maxim a famous statement that says relationships take work relationships of any kind whether it's a friendship or a marriage or a working relationship or a church relationship they they take work And the reality is the same is true about your relationship with God. The vibrancy of your walk with God is hindered when you do not actively work or strive or participate in that relationship that He desires with you. Now this morning we sing of the grace of God and we celebrate because we don't do any type of work to earn salvation. Salvation has been earned and given to us as a gift completely by Jesus. But in what the Bible teachers and theologians call sanctification, that's your growth in Christ, you do have an active role that you play in how your relationship with God progresses in your life. That does not mean that it's happy all the time or that uh, there are no what what some writers have called dark nights of the soul, where you just feel a, a distance from God. Yes, that, that happens. The reason we sang we'll all be happy over there is because we're not always happy here. And the reason we'll be happy over there is because of what the last song that Brother Jacob sang made it so clear. We'll be happy because Jesus is there. And the reason for disappointment and sorrow will be removed. But in this life, there is a role you play in your relationship with God, your growth with God, how you progress in that relationship. Uh, not to earn your salvation, but uh, there, there is a part that you play in your sanctification. So this morning we're going to pause from our study in the book of Acts that we're going through. And we're going to pause this morning and we're going to take our summertime temperature. We're going to see or allow God's Word to convict and speak to us and see what is our temperature when it comes to the Lord. Are we where we need to be with the Lord? Uh, or is our temperature somewhere else? Now listen, for some of you, right before we read this text, for some of you, when it comes to your relationship with God, you are, you are ice cold. There is no relationship there. And, and growing with the Lord for you, what that means, to grow with the Lord means that you need to be saved, that you need to confess your sins, that you need to publicly confess that you are going to trust and follow Jesus. For others this morning, taking your temperature with the Lord will involve, not salvation, you are already saved, but it will, it will involve thinking about your walk with God and where you need to grow and how you need to progress. And so this morning we're going to take our summertime temperature by going to Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3, and go to verses 15 and 16. Revelation 3, verses 15 and 16. Now these are two verses that were given to the church at Laodicea from the Lord Jesus, and uh, he's describing their church condition, but they also can apply to us as individuals and our walk with God. As you turn there, Revelation 3, 15 and 16, I want to thank Brother Mark Apple for letting me borrow his Bible. Uh, I'm not sure what has happened to my nice large print black bound Bible that my sister gave me when I first got ordained to preach. Uh, I may have left it at church camp, not sure. We'll see if it turns back up, but uh, Brother Mark has helped me. Brother Mark's eyesight is clearly a lot better than mine. He sees a lot better than I do. So uh, we're blessed that it's only two, two verses a day that we've got to read. So Revelation 3 verse 15. Now this is right from Jesus. So we better pay close attention because all of the Bible matters. All of it is God's word. Uh, But here are some of those special words that come straight from Christ. Jesus says in Revelation 3.15, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I would that you were cold or hot. So then, because thou, or because you are lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew or spit you out of my mouth. Listen again, just two verses, listen to Jesus very closely. I know your works. And what does Jesus want? I want that you, I know that you're neither cold nor hot. What does he want? Well, I wish that you were one or the other, cold or hot. So then because, because of this, because you're neither cold or hot, you're lukewarm, I will spew or I will spit you out of my mouth. Now, I don't know about you, but when it comes to drinks, we like our drinks cold or hot. Uh, We like our drinks cold or hot. And when it's a hot day, we want something cool to drink. And when it's a cool day, we need something warm to drink. That's the way we like it. We need our drinks either cold or hot. And yesterday was a hot day, so we needed something cool to drink if we were outside. And I saw some of you yesterday. Boy, Joseph and uh, Hunter and Ethan and Owen, they're playing flag football and so some of the parents were there and then the, some of you had grandchildren were playing flag football and yesterday was the opening day and boy it was I mean we were all saying each other, man it is hot out here today and uh, it was and before I left I knew it was going to be hot and I knew I needed some water uh, to stay hydrated uh, only one problem the bottled water we had was not in the fridge it had just been sitting outside but that's all I had so I grabbed it and I took it to the ball field and about an hour after being there uh it was hot. Now you guys know me, I didn't I didn't yell any. I didn't raise my voice. I didn't cheer the team on. I I'm gonna tell you after really probably about 15 minutes I was just parched and and, and needed something to drink from from cheering and yelling and stuff. And uh but boy, I reached over and got that water and and it wasn't it, it wasn't cold like it needed to be and it wasn't really hot yet. It was just meh. Just meh. And I drank it because I needed to stay hydrated. Uh, but it did not taste good at all. Uh, it's not like church. When I forget my water, I can tell Trey or Connor to go get me a water, and I get a nice, cool water. But there, you're kind of getting afraid. Your buddy, turn around and look at Aaron, Trey. A, a look of fear just came across him of, is Pastor Charles going to ask me next to start getting his water for him? There was, there was no cool water. It was just meh. It wasn't very good, but I had to drink it, but I was thinking, boy, I'd really like, I'd really like a nice cold water right now now my wife i know this is going to amaze you but she was much more prepared than i was she rosa don't do that she was much more prepared and my wife where she was sitting across on the other side of the field uh she had a nice cooler and those drinks were nice and cold and refreshing where she was at so we were at the same place we were watching and observing the same thing but our experience was very different because my water was just kind of meh and her water was nice and cool, and refreshing. You know, when it comes to drinks, we either need it hot, or we need it cold. If you're a coffee drinker, I'm not, but my wife is, sometimes I drink it. And uh, when you're a coffee drinker, when that coffee is no longer hot, uh, it just doesn't taste good. It doesn't taste the way that it's supposed to taste, unless it's a cold coffee drink. So that kind of in- coffee drink needs to be really cold, or needs to be a really hot coffee drink. If it's in between, it just doesn't taste very good. Jesus, who I think we'd all agree Jesus would be an expert on this subject, Jesus said that spiritually in your life, there's one of three positions you can be in. Now, he meant that to a church, but it can apply to all of us. By the way, the singing was just fantastic. I mean, I, we sang and, and it really felt with those songs and, and, and And the musicians, everybody did a great job putting that together because just singing, I was thinking, yes, this is perfect because this is uplifting and this is encouraging and this is pointing us to how good it is to follow and and serve Jesus. Because in our relationship, we can either be hot and we can be enthusiastic as a church or as an individual. You can be hot or you can be cold or you can be lukewarm. So when it comes to your relationship with God this morning, I just want us to take a moment. And think together, what does it mean to be spiritually hot? What does it mean to be spiritually cold? Or what does it mean and why did Jesus say that if you were neither one of those things and lukewarm, that he would spit you or spew you away from himself? Now, let's take what it means to be hot. What does it mean to be hot with this relationship with God, to be, to, be, to be on fire for the Lord Jesus? What does it mean to be on fire spiritually with God? It just simply means that you're growing. It does not mean that every day you'll be happy. It doesn't mean that every time uh, you'll be on cloud nine. That's not what it means. In fact, I know many people that can put on a front that they're really doing great, and in reality, there's all kinds of sin and all kinds of problems. and all. What it means to be on fire for God is that you are growing in the vine, Jesus. Jesus says, I'm, you got to be connected to me, and I'm going to give you fruit, I'm going to give you life. So to be on fire for God means you're connected to him, you're being obedient to him, and you are growing in all that the Lord Jesus has for you. In 2 Thessalonians 1.3, the apostle Paul wrote that church, and he said, I thank God. I thank God for you. Why? Because your faith is growing more and more and the love he says i thank god for the love that every one of you has for each other is increasing the lord made you to grow that's why that imagery of of a vine and fruit the reason jesus gave us that imagery is cuz he wants you to know your relationship with him is not to be stagnant it's not to stay still it's meant to in it's meant to increase it's meant to grow one way you do that is through corporate worship through reading your bible Uh, through finding somebody else to encourage, to help them and their faith. And when you do that, you begin to grow. Now, we have all kinds of ways to help people grow, right? I mean, we have, uh, picking on Aaron, we have Aaron and Joanna and other teachers that teach. And boy, I know teaching is a hard profession. And there are teachers that get tired and they get worn down. And boy, the teachers in our church, one way that you grow in the Lord is by encouraging others and helping them. And and, and boy, the teaching profession, they can really need some encouragement. We got Brother Gene over here. And uh, uh, usually Brother Joe's here. I talked to him yesterday, Brother Joe. And we got guys like Anthony Hammock, and we got guys like uh, Jim Maddox that have worked in construction and the kind of jobs that you guys work with Rogers Group. Let's be honest, Gene, you probably work with some pretty rough guys, don't you? I mean, pretty rough. And so, and so, does, and so does Brother Joe. They work with rough guys. And in construction, let's be honest, Brother Anthony, there are going to be some rough guys that are out there. That's just how they are. You know what you guys are blessed with who work with rough men And maybe rough women, you get to be an example of when things don't go right. Yeah, now when you're a supervisor, you got to get after them and you got you got to let them have it. But you know, you can show them that every time you get a little frustrated, you don't have to just lose control. Why? Because Jesus is control of you. Now don't get me wrong, Christians that are in positions of supervising, they got to raise their voice and they got to let somebody know you're not doing it right. And they've got to you got to do those things. But there's a way that a Christian leader. Even among rough men can set an example for what it means to stay on top of it and make them do right, but do it in a way where Jesus is still glorified. But I'm going to tell you, when men in our church that work in rougher professions, think about Brother Mike Bilberry, he's out in the hallway working at Honda. I cannot imagine working at a car dealership. Like I would, but some of the things Brother Mike tells me, and you're just like, oh, that would just. Listen, guys, it's not going to be easy, but the Lord Jesus says, I'll give you what you need. I'll give you what you need, and I will help you be the Christian you need to be. So it may be teachers encouraging others. It may be some of our men that are, or women that are supervisor at tougher professions kind of showing this is what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And maybe some of you say, well, I haven't always done that. I haven't always acted that way. Believe me, if you begin to ask God to help you do it, the people that work under you, they will notice. They will notice, and they will see, hey, there's something a little different here. We think about Miss Lindsay back there who works in a doctor's office. Miss Miss Rosa works in a doctor's office now too, and others of you, I thought about that, and Miss Donna Ashburn and these people that are nurses. I know from my own experience and from my family's experience, if you are a receptionist or a nurse at a hospital or a doctor's office, listen, when nurses and receptionists are kind and caring and just say a positive word for you, it changes the whole experience of the doctor's office. You can't control what the doctor's going to do you're the nurse you're the receptionist but do you do you know that you can have a because a lot of times people are scared when they come to the doctor and they are afraid and you know sometimes you just are able to say a little word maybe even a word about your relationship to the lord now it helps you get through things listen there's so many ways so many ways that we can grow. Singing together, praying together, Bible study together, reading God's word together, encouraging other other people, uh, saying a word, a testimony for Jesus. All these are ways that we stay on fire for the Lord. Again, it doesn't mean that every day is cloud nine. It's not until we get to heaven. That's when we're going to be happy all the time. But it does mean that we're growing. And so our students after camp, they have a little bit of a glow about them spiritually. Why? Because at camp, they've been moved in one direction, and some of the distractions are gone, and they're moving in one direction spiritually in a deepening with the Lord. Now, of course, some people are in the opposite direction. Because if Jesus said you could be hot, Jesus also said you could be cold. Churches can be cold places. There's nothing or very few things that I can think of worse than a cold church A church where the people don't like each other or love each other, even if they don't always like each other. A church where they don't love each other, where they don't love Jesus, where they're focused on all these petty things that go on in church instead of focusing on praising the Lord and worshiping Him. There's nothing worse than a church like that. There's nothing worse in your individual life. Instead of be growing and ripening in the Lord, to be rotting on the vine. You know, rotten fruit or, or, or... you know, when we go to the pumpkin patch in the fall Brother Mark always does a great job and takes the kids to, to the, the little fun acre place or whatever that is. We go out there. Sometimes it's a little just Sunday afternoon thing we do. The church family, people have kids, we'll ride out together and pick some pumpkins. It's just relaxing and, and it's always a great time. But when you go out there to the pumpkin patch to pick those pumpkins, some of them are already rotten. And they're nasty. They're gross. They don't look good. And now I'm really worried, Mark, now that we've got Joseph and Parker and some other boys here, I've got a feeling this next year when we go, they're going to be all over those trying to throw them at each other. Maybe it's you. Rotten fruit is horrible. It's still on the vine, but it's disgusting. And Jesus says, think about if you're not growing, you're dying and you're shriveling. And oh yeah, you're still part of the vine, but you're you're dying. And individually, some of you, yeah, you still claim the name of Jesus. And you still remember the day you gave your heart to Him or the process of trusting Him. But you're dying on the vine. And so Jesus says, beware of growing cold. Beware of growing cold. Now the only way to not be cold is to have a relationship with the Son. The Bible is so clear about that. That your connection to God comes from trusting and growing in Jesus. And maybe today you're not exactly where you need to be with the Lord. Remember what Jesus said to the Pharisees during his three and a half year ministry? He said, it's God, in John 7, 28, 29, I'm kind of paraphrasing here, Jesus said, it's God that sent me. It's true, God sent me. And the God that sent me, Jesus said, is a true God whom you know not. But I know him, Jesus said, for I am from him, and he has sent me. Me So if you're cold today, it may be because you've never trusted Jesus, and so you're deathly cold, and it's time for you to move away from this deathly cold uh, to the piping a hot life of a relationship with God by confessing Jesus as Savior. Or, maybe you've ignored God for so long, and you've chased after other things for so long, other than pruning and growing and allowing the Holy Spirit to work on your relationship With the Lord. Maybe you've been chasing other things and prioritizing other things for so long that your relationship with God is on life support. Well, then today, not tomorrow, not next week, not the months to come, today is the day to be revived in the Lord. Now, Brother Mark is uh, working with uh, Joe's parents and with Parker's grandparents to, to get a date in August. To baptize those boys. And those parents have said they want to do it outside. So in August, as soon as we we're working on getting it nailed down, as soon as we get it nailed down, we'll let you know. And in August, one Sunday night, we're gonna go and have a our PM service will be a baptismal service, and it's gonna be a, a great time. And we baptize them, they're gonna be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, because we're gonna that you know, we're gonna acknowledge that it's this triune God, and it's the Son Jesus. That has saved them, and that'll be in the baptism. That will be stated. Did you know that there are some places today where you can go and have your child baptized if you want to do that? And the name of God or Jesus is never mentioned. There is. I, I read about in California some Presbyterians. If you know anything about Presbyterians, they were known for the for for holding up the glory of God and great preachers like John Knox. In Scotland, they, they emphasized the glory of God and how it, how, it, how it crushed sin in the human hearts. And Presbyterians were serious about God. And they were serious, and some of them, a lot of them still are, serious about God and serious about uh, sin being dealt with. But I read in California about some folks just happened to be their Presbyterians. Could have been something else. And they grew up Presbyterian. No doubt heard about the love of God and about sin. But they didn't want to raise their kids that they didn't want their kids to be exposed to all this sin stuff. They didn't want them to have to think about whether they were going to be responsible at the end of their life for either choosing God and His ways or uh, staying in sin. They didn't They want any of that. They didn't want this Jesus stuff. But they still thought the rite of baptism would be good. Be good to let your kid be baptized. And so there's actually a group in California that you can go and have a baptism and because you want your kid to be connected to a larger spirit, but they won't say anything about God, and they won't say anything about Jesus. They'll just make some vague statements and then they'll baptize your child. You know what that's worth? Nothing. Can we all let's all say that together? Say nothing. Nothing. That's worth nothing at all. I went on and read this one family and they said yes of course we did this but we want to do it, we want our child uh, to not in any way have to think exclusively about their journey in life and they said we're also along with having them do this experience we're teaching them about leprechauns and angels and Santa Claus and like you know it's all just the same as Jesus no it's not because those are fables but Jesus walked and he lived and and he lived the most improbable life And he died this death and he gave us these words. Jesus gave us life when we were dead. Frozen, solid in sin, dead in sin. And God left in the Son, He left the throne of heaven. He came and he lived and he died. And I can tell you one thing. When those boys get baptized, it's not gonna be just some generic thing. It's gonna be, hey, you are baptized because you've accepted Jesus and you he has made you alive and you are now called to grow and walk with him. Woo! If you'll be ready to see that, say amen. Hey, listen. Jesus said you can be hot or you can be cold. And we see with Jesus confrontations with Pharisees over and over again that be careful because just because you play the religious game doesn't mean you're hot. Man, I got excited and raised my hands a little bit, sang a little bit. Even let a little, you know, a little mild Baptist shout out there for a minute. But if in my heart I'm not growing, I'm not walking, I'm not, that's worthless. That only matters when that's a true reflection of how you feel about God and where your walk is with God. And then sometimes you can't help, but just in whatever way you do it, express to God that you love Him. You know one reason I'm so excited when we sing those songs? Because at church camp, these were teens, and at church camp I shared a little bit about my friend Matt who died of a drug overdose, and my friendship with him started at a camp when we were in junior high. And I shared a little bit about the different choice we made, and his choice literally brought him death, and my choice just changed everything about my life once I chose to be serious about God and to beg God to forgive me and trust Him. And I'm going to be honest, I've never done that outside of our church. I've never really shared my friendship with Matt and the story of Matt. And, and I would see these teenage boys at camp and these girls that were having great friendships. And in my mind, all week at camp, I just was burdened and just kept thinking, you know, what if one of them is, is, is the next student that gets trapped in sin? And they're teenagers and full of life, but what happens? And so, man, that, that, there's a little heaviness there. Exciting service is a great camp, but within myself, they didn't know this. With myself, a little heaviness of, man, just kind of watching this and evaluating. So we came today to sing of the goodness of Jesus and just singing about heaven and being around the throne of God and being with God. The fact that Jesus, uh, what he can do for our happiness, that one day we will be happy because we will be around Jesus and we'll just be, we will just be plum happy and plum excited. But this morning, I couldn't just, that's how my heart felt. Just, and the songs were perfect to express a joy and a love for God because sometimes this world just beats us down. Boy, if you'll be ready to be with Jesus and be happy all the time, say amen. Man, that's why I don't play games. Don't act like you're happy. all. Now, don't go around, you know, ticking other people off at church and you don't have to be down in the mouth all the time. But you also at this church, you do not have to pretend that every Sunday everything is hunky-dory because sometimes it's not. And it's okay to show up and hurt. And it's okay to show up and just be like, man, I've just, I'm here because I love the Lord and i got to push through today and I, I need him to just help me. That's okay. But sometimes we should be happy. And sometimes we should be excited. And sometimes we should uh, glory a little bit in who God is and what he's done. Because the Lord says be careful because the devil wants you to have a cold relationship. And what the devil wants to do, he wants to keep taking the temperature down. And he wants to chill and chill and chill. He may do this by people that hurt you. And people that do things to you, and before you know it, man, you've just been worn down. Your temperature and walk with the Lord has gone down to a point that it's not healthy. For others, it's not what others do to you. It's because of your own sin. Because of your choices, and it's taking the temperature down. Because sin brings our walk with the Lord to a halt. And it slows it down, and it's not what it needs to be. So Jesus says, I don't want you to be cold. Jesus says, I really want you to be hot. But then he says this amazing thing. And this is where, for many of us, this is where we have to be careful. Because for those of us that have already confessed Jesus, this is the place that it's so easy for us to get to. Jesus says, hey, there's hot and cold, but what I really, really can't stand is the third temperature lukewarm. If it's growing cold and sin is at the root, if you're growing indifferent, now is the time to be renewed because Jesus says you can be hot or cold or finally today you can be lukewarm. And that lukewarm state is where you kind of keep going through the motions, maybe pretend that everything is okay, but God's Word and God's Spirit and Jesus' example and who He is, it's just kind of shaking there saying, no, you're not okay. And no, you're not walking the way you should. And you are, you are heading in a direction that's not good for you. Hebrews 2.1 tells us that we ought to give the more earnest attention. So there are things we give attention to, but Hebrews says it's not just give attention. You need to give the utmost attention, the earnest attention to the things which you have heard, the things that you've heard about God and Jesus, lest at any time you should let them slip. He says you better pay attention to what Jesus said what He wants and how He wants you to walk because if you're not careful over time, you will grow lukewarm. You will begin to slip in this relationship with God. Now, I love uh, Pastor Francis Chan and he has a quote that I love when it talks about this. You may not be able to read the quote. I'll read it to you. It says, Lukewarm people don't really want to be saved from their sin. Lukewarm people don't really want to be saved from their sin. They just want to be saved from the penalty of their sin lukewarm people don't want to be saved from their sin, but they do want to be saved from the penalty of their sin. So what's the penalty of sin? Death and hell. And rightly, when we get saved, we say, I don't want to go to death, and, or I don't, want to, I don't want to, when I die, go to hell. Correct. But understand, Jesus didn't just save you from the penalty of sin, he saved you from sin. And when you are close with God, and walking with God, and listening to God, It's not, and I don't want you to think too mystical about this because we can make it way harder than it is. Listen, walking with God, what I'm talking about here is when in your heart you say, I don't want anything to do with sin. And when you do fall into the temptation of sin, you recognize in your heart, I don't like this. And I don't like what this is doing to me. I don't like what this alcohol is doing to me. I don't enjoy this. I don't revel in this. And God, I'm going to trust you to help me break this chain. Lord, I don't like what these pills are doing to me. I don't like how they're altering my mind. And God, I don't like that I'm addicted to this. You didn't make me for addiction. Father God, I want you to help me with this. Father God, I don't like doing this pornography. And for some reason, I keep going back and looking at it like a dog that goes back to vomit. Father God, I know you didn't make me for this. And Lord, I need you to help me. That's a person who wants to be saved from sin. The lukewarm person says, yeah, I know I shouldn't do this. But I'm saved and it'll be okay. I know, I know, I know I don't need to be drunk, I don't need to get drunk, and I don't need to do this, but it's all right, I'm saved. That's the lukewarm person. That's the person that just, now, it may not start there, there's, there's levels to lukewarmness, I think, uh, if you want to use that kind of terminology. But eventually, a lukewarm person will get to a point of, yeah, I'm saved, yeah, I don't want to go to hell, but this business of, I've been saved from the power of sin, and I don't have to walk in it anymore, no, that's for the hot Christian. That's for for the person that is really radical with Jesus. We haven't, we have hey, if you're glad we've been saved from the penalty of sin, say amen. But it's not just a penalty. You've been saved from the power of sin. You, you, You have the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Ghost. You have the Word of the Lord. You have the example of Jesus and the testimony of the saints. Will we be perfect? No, we will not. But the believer that is hot and loves the Lord, when you fall into sin, it's gonna gnaw at you and it's gonna nag at you. And you're gonna have some times where you just, you, you're just gonna be pleading with God, Father God, I'm still alive, I'm still living, you haven't taken me home yet. Help me. Help me with my sanctification, help me with my growth, help me to walk with you. God hates lukewarmness. Have you ever, if you have ever laid on an air mattress in your life, raise your hand. If you've ever laid me, okay, most people. All right, now, I don't know if you're like me. I haven't taken a survey, but I'm going to tell you about me. So my dad, when we were a kid, we would go on camping trips, and he had this, you know, big tent. And we kind of pull up and park, and, 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 and it wasn't like we wouldn't hike miles in the woods, but he'd park. And we'd, we'd sleep in these big tents, me and my brother, my sister, and my mom and dad. And, and invariably, you know, we'd uh, sometimes sleep in bags, but he'd have, he'd have air mattresses that we would sleep in and sleep on sometimes. And air mattresses, when they're filled up, I like them. Like, you know, full of air and you kind of hop on it and it's kind of fun and that's great. But have you ever slept on an air mattress that was slowly seeping out air during the middle of the night? Some of you are smiling. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And it's seeping out. And it seeps so slowly that you're just asleep and you don't know it's happening. Until you wake up in the middle of the night. And no longer are you raised up, kind of like on a bed, which feels pretty good. Or you're also not, at that point, though, laying flat on your back like you would in a sleeping bag, which is okay. You are in that horrible middle position that especially when you put a little extra weight on, you try and try, but you can't even get out of the thing because every time you move, the air moves just enough. That probably looks horrible. You move just enough that you can't get up. I hate that feeling. That's why I, at this point in my life, Would much rather sleep in a sleeping bag than an airbag because I do not want to get stuck and not be able to get out and have to beg Laura to come get me. One more thing she'll have over me. That just seeps out slowly. It just seeps out until you wake up in the middle of the night. And how in the world did I get in this very uncomfortable, horrible position? Jesus says in his relationship, when you walk with him, that there is this lukewarm state that he can't stand. He can't stand it when you just go through the motions and you just... You now, I want you to understand this too. When you're not happy and you come to church and you are faithful to sing and you are faithful to listen and you are faithful to pray, that's not, that, that is not going through the motions. That is called being faithful even when you're not having the best day. Going through the motions is when the Lord is working on you and you recognize it's not just because I'm having a rough day or a bad week or a bad year. I've just gotten this completely lethargic state with God and you're pretending that you're not. That's more of what lukewarmness is about. And Jesus says, I hate it. Because see, Jesus is truth. Jesus is truth. And that means Jesus cannot stand a lie. Jesus hates lies. And so when believers are living this, this life that is a lie, where you kind of think everything's okay, but he knows you're not. You're, not, you're not. you're that air mattress position that's just a horrible position to be in. He says, that's what it's like when you are lukewarm in your relationship with me, because in reality you're dying, but you will not admit it. And that's not what God wants. God wants you to pour into your relationship with him, because he's pouring into you so that you can grow stronger And deeper. And so there's more air getting filled up in the air mattress. Not this sort of slow seeping deflation of your walk with God. So we keep praying. Trusting. Acting. Listening to the Lord. And over the long haul. As we do this good days and bad. We find over time that the temperature has risen. Now in the Greek... In the Greek where it says there, I will spit you out or spew you out. You may know this. It literally, that spewing, it's it's not like you put a Coke into your mouth and it was a little mild and you went, that's not what it is. It's the idea of vomiting. That Jesus is saying more of a, hey, you were a part of me, a part of who I am because I saved you and you're a part of me. And your church is part of my bride that I died for, Laodicea, but you have become lukewarm. And I don't, I don't want this anymore. I don't my my, my body, body of Jesus cannot take this. And so I'm going to vomit you out. I'm going to spew you out. That's that's pretty strong. And Jesus is saying these churches know, hey, you better get serious about your walk with me or your candlestick will be taken out. I will vomit you away from me because I cannot stand lukewarm churches. And with believers, he doesn't want you lukewarm either. It's just like the intolerable lukewarmness of a coffee drinker having to drink coffee that's not hot or cold. So what is the temperature of your relationship with God this summer? We're right in the heart of summer. Church camps, vacations, vacation Bible schools, all this stuff going on in our world around us. But what's your temperature with God? You want to increase your temperature with God? Are you spiritually frozen today? Then listen, Jesus just says, come to me. Come to me and trust me and look to me. I love what Jesus says. Jesus says, look to me and live. Live, my brother, live, my sister, Jesus says today. Look to me and live, live. Hot, cold, cold, today's the day to get saved. Lukewarm, watch out, because Jesus says, I I don't like this at all. But Cecil, can we sing the last song that you guys sang? Can we sing that for invitation? Have the musicians come back up. Brother Rick, can we... It may take a moment, but can we get the words of that song back up? And we're going to sing, and boy, we're going to keep it going hot as we sing and praise the Lord today. But as we're praising and worshiping Him, listen. If you've never been saved and it's cold and it's frozen, listen, come on now. Come on now, listen, if it's lukewarm, it's lukewarm and, and, and you're seeping, you know it's not where it needs to be, listen, come on come on now, all right? Father God, be with us. Let's stand. Let's stand and let's pray. Father God, be with us. Lord, thank you for this service. Thank you for this time. Lord, I believe there's probably a cold Christian here today. There's probably a cold unbeliever here today. Lord, help them to to trust you today, be revived today. Lord, I believe there's some hot Christians here today. Lord, help them to sing with joy and gladness this morning. And Lord, there may be some lukewarm believers. Father God, help them to use this time to pray to you, to seek you, to to renew that relationship with you through the word that's been preached. Father God, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, we're going to sing. I'm going to stand right here. I'd love to pray with you today. There's nothing I'd rather do than pray with you this morning, especially if your relationship is cold to God or lukewarm. Don't be embarrassed. You come. I'll meet you right here, and I'll pray with you today as we sing. You need to